Hey now, good people. Episode 24, As Incense Burns. And I am your humble host, Sean P. Wrights. And on this episode, Water Therapy. Do tell. Now I've written two books while healing up on the water's edge, drowning in grief. And I use prose as my steps back from the dark places. Being on the water's edge gave birth to two books appropriately entitled From the Water's Edge, Volumes 1 and 2. And on this episode, good people, we're going to talk about the blind spots, the ambiguity of grief, and the notion that God doesn't have to shout because whispering is enough. Get those galoshes on, good people. We're about to take a trip or take a walk to the water's edge. Let's get on with the show. All right, so I may have piqued your attention or your curiosity by mentioning this notion of water. Now, if you follow me on Instagram or Twitter, or if you've had the the opportunity to purchase either one of my books, you have probably accepted or you've probably gotten a good understanding of the power or the pull that water has on me. And it's it's appropriate. From the water's edge, it's it's more than a play on words. It's it's a creative space. Water is a, a is a therapy of sorts. And it has served as my muse. And it brings to mind the whole creative process that, or the spark rather, that, that led to the first book coming into being. And it was in the form of a blind spot. And these blind spots of our power are known to echo loudly. And they often do this when we least expect it. So case in point, I conceived the the idea, the concept for my first book during one of the lowest points of my life. It was in the aftermath of my father's passing. The man who ran marathons, who instilled a love of Star Trek, Star Wars, National Geographic, Nova, the fealty of family, and a mandate to, and good people, I have to, I have to imitate, I have to take on the persona of my old man when I say this, because it echoes louder this way. He would always tell me, keep your nose in these books, son, because these words they will save your life 
and I would look at him and I would think that my old man was just talking. But he wasn't. And when he left this place, I was I was angry because I hadn't comprehended a world without him in it. I foolishly assumed that time was a luxury to be had. And we often make this this grave error. His death shook me to the core and I was I was resigned to join him by way of a broken heart. Until I wasn't. And here's where the water comes in. A couple of days after his transition, I took a walk along the Gunpowder River. And this was when grief struck. And grief is an asshole. Grief will see you in a good place. And it'll come along and say, oh, you good? And that's when they strike. That's when grief strikes. And when grief struck me here on the Gunpowder River, on the trail bordering the river, I, I dropped down to one knee and I was I was overcome by the torrential storms, the torrential streams of tears that, that seemed to rival the river that was flowing just yards away from me. I felt my heart beating through my jacket and whether it was anxiety, heart palpitations or Fred Sanford from Sanford and Son heart attack, it was short lived. And as I knelt there and cried, I recalled a conversation that I had with my father just weeks before. And I rose to my feet feeling his presence and a, and a voice or inclination telling me to get up and run. I complied and I began running down the trail, hopping over rocks, jumping over logs, because it was wet out there that day. It was, it was in the winter. When I stopped, I was at the water's edge. Then I closed my eyes and I recalled that mandate from my father that served as a call to action. These books, these words will save your life, son. Now, my father would often marvel at my nature photography, even telling me once. Hey, you just need to sit out there, young blood, and write a book. Don't use your hands for the wrong thing. And it was at this point that the tears stopped. And I spoke his words into existence. As I stood there at the water's edge, I declared that I would dedicate a book in his memory. Because words live forever and love is the conduit to immortality. Through my father, I learned the business of my humanity 
and in turn, I inspired others by converting my pain into prose. And I did this without even knowing it. Now, beauty can come from dark places, and I'm proof positive of this. That, that good people, that should be the business of our humanity. And since we're on the this topic of water, let's unpack it a little bit. Water is an omnipresent thing through a lot of my work. And in volume two of From the Water's Edge, it's it's no different. In part two, the section it's it's entitled When on the Path. And and I know I've I've touched on this in earlier episodes, but part two is is really a take on life being an omnipresent journey. A series of paths and, and, and lessons, not a destination. Because there's always some parts of our journey that are self-contained and should be used for purposes of reflection. But we all know that getting out of our way is, is difficult at best. And at one time or another, we will all stand guilty of not being fully transparent with the person that we should speak unvarnished truth to. And that's ourselves. And in part two, these are thoughts on paths while wandering. And more often than not, I was next to a body of water like this piece here tears to the waters I'll let you pull from it what you will because one person's interpretation of poetry is totally different from another tears to the waters those who cheer through clenched teeth buffeted by the waves of burdens dispatched by the fates as faith dwindles to a flicker in the seas where they struggle to stay afloat worn against the raging tides those misplaced notions of failure we feign ignorance while knowing that giving Our tears to waters matters none. Get up and behold the shores on each side where the blinded and deluded and the conspirators smote with the glare in the most insidious shades of green. Inadequacy, that spirit known as envy. Who needs the roar of the crowd when they only serve to obscure the shouts of the faithful? 
So let's unpack that. That peace. Tears to the waters. Now, poetry echoes on different frequencies for different people. So your take may be different from another's. And vice versa, same with me. Although I I wrote this piece and I'm the de facto creator of the piece. These types of things are lent to us. We're merely vehicles or messengers or things of that sort. But my take on this piece is that it was it was a takeaway. It was it's one of those ongoing lessons that we take note of in its muscle memory. Repetition breeds familiarity. And one of my takeaways in this is that in anything that we do, we often look for the cheering of the crowd for our affirmation and for examples of that we we don't need to look any further than you know sports that's a one of those that's a perfect metaphor for this so keep that in mind so we we look for the cheering of the crowd for our for our affirmation and we take this on this this artificial flavoring if you will instead of relying on that source on the within that God send the inspiration our, our motivation we lose track of that through the cheering of the crowd and when the cheers stop and they they turn into jeers we're booed we question our worth we struggle and we cry tears to the waters and we we struggle to stay afloat and I mentioned in the piece about how our faith flickers we start questioning our wherewithal we cry we bemoan our faith and we question ourselves we question our faith grand takeaway is this the crowd often deafens our ability to hear the call to be still that that call from within and these are some of those takeaways that I get in the still these little epiphanies unplugging the control alt delete for the spirit often takes place on the water's edge. So let me leave you with this epiphany, good people. And this is one of my... This is probably one of the most useful takeaways that I gathered from simply being still on the water's edge when I realized that these burdens were actually blessings 
and I was actually missing the lesson. I learned that God didn't have to shout because whispering was enough. And it was on the water's edge when he began to speak. So, good people, that's what I have for you for episode 24, as and since Burns. And we're going to continue to unpack this therapy, this this tool that's been critical for me and putting pen to paper and maybe it may help you and sidestepping this consistent inconsistency, this insanity that is our humanity that we're all living through right now. Because all we have is us, right? Hey, so if this echoes good people, drop me a line. Let me know your thoughts. And I'll see you back here next week. And I am your humble host, Sean P. Wright. If this echoes, share this, subscribe this, go tell a friend, and have them tell a friend. And grab a book or two. Us Indian publishing houses have to eat too.